0: He played Karo his rating.
1: Thanks to everyone who supports the podcast, their shares and reviews, and Apple Love. If you want to get more involved in all we do at US Chess to empower girls and women through chess, please consider a tax deductible donation of any size to our US Chess Women program. And reach out to me with any questions.
0: He has more experience, but I won't lose again.
2: Hello, everyone. This is Jennifer Shahadi. Welcome back to Ladies Night. I have recently come back from an incredible trip to Paris, where I was playing the European Boca Tour. After that event, I got a chance to do a couple documentary projects with chess.com. The first was filmed in this incredible chess cafe, the Blitz Society Bar. And they talked to me about my background in chess, my chess family, what I would like to see for women in chess in the future. And it was a really, really fun time. I'll put that video in the show notes. I also, with chess.com, was given an incredible opportunity to meet one of the most memorable and incredible guests here on Ladies' Night, the Holocaust survivor, the 1956 French women's chess champion, Isabelle Choco. So we were doing a documentary on her, and not only did I get a chance to interview her, which you will see soon, you can keep posted on my Instagram and Twitter to make sure you check that out. Um, I also got a chance to play her in chess, which was super cool. She's in her 90s and doesn't play in competitive tournaments anymore, but her game face, her chess soul is so evident, and it was just an incredible opportunity to connect with her over the board. So it occurred to me, you know, we have to re-listen to this interview. It was one of the, the most memorable ones I've had as a podcaster, as an interviewer. Um, just uh, the history and the um, inspiration she gives to never forget and to move forward with um, peace, love, and positivity into future generations is, is really inspiring. So um, take a listen, take a re-lesson, and I'll be back next month with more Ladies' Nights guests.
1: I am thrilled today to bring you a very special interview with the legendary Isabelle Chocô, Holocaust survivor, 1956 French women's chess champion, author of The Young Blue Eyed Girl in French, and also co author of Stolen Youth Five Women's Survival in the Holocaust. This joint episode of Ladies Night with the Grid is in gratitude to Benjamin Porteau, who told me about and connected me with Isabelle, conducted the in interview translation. In fact, you may hear his voice a few times. Many thanks also to producer Daniel Marome and to translator and voiceover artist, Natalie Boyer. Born in Lodz, Poland, Isabel Schoko was two weeks away from her 11th birthday when Nazi Germany invaded Poland in September, 1939. Her beautiful life changed instantly. An only child, Isabel was extremely close to her loving parents who owned a pharmacy. That was taken from them and they were among 160,000 sent to the Lodz ghetto. Isabel survived the Lodz ghetto, as well as two notorious death camps, Auschwitz and Bergen-Belsen. Her beloved parents, however, did not. Isabel was 55 pounds when she was liberated by British soldiers and believed that she was in a few hours of her death. Isabel moved to France, and after recovering physically, she discovered chess. She became the French Women's Chess Champion in 1956 and represented France in the Olympiad. Now, at age 92, she talks to us about chess, her most vivid memories of childhood and survival, her many career successes, and even the Queen's Gambit. Hello, Isabelle. Oui,
3: bonjour.
1: This is Jennifer Shahadi and Benjamin. Oui, je
0: suis Isabelle Chocot.
3: Alors uh, madame Choco uh, Jennifer est, est très contente de vous avoir au téléphone et elle a beaucoup apprécié uh, votre livre ou um, la partie de vos livres qui ont été uh, traduits en anglais.
1: Thank you, yes, I understand. Wonderful. Can you tell us what your first memory of the game of chess
0: was? Mon premier souvenir de jeu d'échecs c'est My first
4: memory of playing chess is when I lived in the Lodz ghetto during the war. And there was chess at friends, with my little cousin. And unfortunately, in the ghetto, it was so difficult. Work, hunger, the cold, the pursuits of the Nazis. I could not be more interested in the game of
1: chess.
0: Uh, And
1: when did she learn the rules of chess?
3: À cette époque-là, que vous avez appris euh, les règles du jeu?
1: Même pas vraiment. It's not
4: in the ghetto. I saw the pieces. I looked. I knew it was the game of chess. But I did not see the game again. It was just after the war, at my uncle's, with my little cousin, that I found the game of chess.
0: Avec mon petit cousin, que j'ai retrouvé le jeu d'échecs.
1: At what point did the game of chess become a serious passion for you?
4: It interested me, but unfortunately, we were still in very complicated conditions. After the war, I had just been dying of a very serious illness. I was regaining a little strength with my uncle who taught me in Paris, and so my little cousin who played chess showed me the game of chess. I was not in a state of physical and mental health to really, really find the game of chess, as I discovered it afterwards.
0: At that
1: point, she was gaining weight and getting over her her sickness. At what point did you start to realize it might be a serious passion for her?
3: At quel moment de votre vie vous avez découvert les échecs comme une vraie passion?
0: Eh bien, c'était après mon mariage. Well, it was after my
4: marriage. We were with my husband. We went to Vitel to spend the holidays with the children. And I saw chess players in the square in front of Vitel's nursing home. There were a lot of tables and people were playing chess. So I approached them and told them that I knew the game a little. So they immediately welcomed me. I found partners who played with me. And then there is a gentleman who said to me, Where do you live? I lived at the time in Saint-Maur-des-Fossés, near Paris. And he told me, But there is a chess circle in Saint-Maur-des-Fossés, and you will be able to learn to play chess. Well, above all, in playing interesting games.
0: Vous allez pouvoir apprendre à jouer aux échecs, enfin. À faire surtout des parties intéressantes.
1: And that was just a few years before you won the French Women's Championship, right?
0: Oui, peu d'années avant, parce que je me yes,
4: inscrite a few years before. To... Because I immediately joined the circle of saint des Fossés. I played a lot of games with men. There were few women who played chess, so I played with men. And everyone told me that I must go to the chess circle in Paris right away because I needed stronger players so that I could advance. And I joined the Kaiser Circle in Paris. And at that time, I actually really started to play chess, to like the game, and to play harder and harder. And that's where Tartakovar discovered me and gave me his book. He offered me his book by writing To the Future Chess Champion. I kept this book. I still have it because not even a year later, I was the French chess champion.
0: Wow, that's an
1: amazing story. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood growing up in Lodz, Poland? Oui.
4: My childhood in Loche with my parents was very happy. My parents were wonderful. My mother was a pharmacist. My father also worked in the pharmacy. They loved me very much. They looked after me whenever they could. Because they worked a lot all day, but I got an amazing education. My parents had always taught me to work, learn, help others, and be curious about what was going on in the world, and move forward. Learn, learn, and live with others. Helping children who are less happy than me. And this is what I often did. Since our school, which was an extraordinary school, one of the few secular schools in Poland, there were boys and girls, and we always put next to a very good male or female pupil a child who had difficulty learning. And like that, next to me, I had a pupil who did not hear well, who did not speak well, and that I helped.
0: Yes, I
1: remember that story from your book, So Beautiful. There was a girl with disabilities that entered Isabel's class and um, she befriended her and wrote in the book of a lovely incident where the girl and her parents surprised her and I'll just read that little excerpt right now. Um, one evening the doorbell rang and to my surprise standing in our doorway was my friend and her mother who presented me with a pot of flowers. I was so moved by the gesture and their words of appreciation of my friendship that I did not know where to hide. My sensitivity was genuine and natural. After all my parents and teachers had taught me to be caring and considerate of others. And where did this come from, this um, desire to help those who, who need it most? Was it from your parents or did it come from within?
4: It was my parents who transmitted it to me and also my school, which was a very special school, as I said. It was called Notre École founded by three women before the war. And in this school, we learned the same as at home. It suited me perfectly, and it suited my parents.
0: When I read that part in the book, I couldn't help but be
1: moved by the fact that also, obviously, the Nazis were very brutal to people with disabilities. And so that felt like almost a bit of a premonition as well.
0: Oui, absolument,
1: absolument. Yes, absolutely. They immediately deported
4: people with
0: disabilities.
1: (sighs) Your mother, Edzia, it's a magnificent story of motherly love. I mean, one of the most memorable parts for me of your first book is when um, she carried your school report card with her um, because she was so proud of you and thought that that might, you know, help on this horrible journey and uh, violence that you experienced in in Auschwitz. But can you tell us about your mother and how important the the love has been for both of you, even, even after her passing? And what would she say about your life now?
0: She always thought
4: that I could continue to study. You know, the love of parents and the love of a mother... It's irreplaceable. My mother, at all free moments, she worked a lot, but she freed herself to take care of me. She brought me during the winter on the ice so that I could skate. Her feet were frozen because she didn't skate, but I was having fun, of course. She also brought me so that I learned to swim. I had to be a complete young girl to know a lot of things, to manage in life. To be able to be a healthy and strong young girl, unfortunately, in the ghetto, during the war, the things have been very different.
3: elle voir votre vie maintenant,' qu'elle en?
4: She would be happy: Absolutely she would be very happy. I think about my parents a lot. I think about my mother a lot. Every time something pleasant happens to me, I think of them. And when I have some difficulties, I think of them too. For me, when I am asked I believe in what, I always answer, I believe in the love of my parents.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Your parents, your mom and your father were... Successful entrepreneurs, they owned a pharmacy and you recounted so vividly the moment when that was taken away from them. You write, one afternoon, my parents took me to the pharmacy where I looked on in astonishment as mother with tears in her eyes, handed the store keys to two men I had never seen before. My mother and father squeezed my hands hard as we walked home in total silence. The fruit of over 20 years' labor had been relinquished to strangers who only had to hold out their hands for the keys to a Jewish business. Now, later, when you immigrated to France after liberation, your memories of your parents as business people and entrepreneurs, did that play into your own career decisions? De toute
4: façon, de tout le temps.
1: My mother always
4: taught me to be interested in everything. To be interested in what was happening around me, to move forward, to learn everything. And of course, she even thought of making me learn French when I was a little girl. I had French lessons because my mother wanted me to finish my studies in Paris. That was her wish. And indeed, I often thought about this wish that I could actually achieve.
0: You think about your parents
1: every day. What is the number one image or memory that comes to mind of your mother and then also your father?
4: It's difficult to answer because it's not always the same image that comes up. It's depending on the moment, but it's always the image of my mother next to me in my bed. For example, on Sunday, the only time I could spend in bed with my parents because it was the only time they were resting, and me too. It was a big bed. My mother allowed herself this luxury. It was a rosewood bed. So, obviously, I often think of that rosewood bed with my parents.
0: pense souvent dans en bois de rose avec mes parents.
1: Yes, I remember you writing about your parents and the early days of your childhood, and that bed. You write, my parents' bed made of gold-embossed rosewood seems enormous to me. Sunday is not like other days because my parents and I can spend the entire day together without interruptions from their jobs or my schoolwork. I savor the morning. Mother's gray eyes look at me with love. Her hands with their long, delicate fingers touch me tenderly. At last, we have time to smile at one another and talk. Did you ever encounter or see any chess
0: at the uh, camps? No. In the camps,
4: we had nothing more than work. Forced labor, walking for forced labor, only beatings, only hunger, thirst, only cold for six or eight months, I went to forced labor. We weren't thinking of anything. That to the cold and the hunger, and that the day hands, unfortunately. And luckily, on the other hand, there were French prisoners of war, and I was lucky. I always say there have been miracles. I've experienced miracles, often in desperate places. There was someone who was helping me, who was giving me a hand, And that allowed me to survive a few weeks, a few more months. This French prisoner, rain or shine, brought me a small parcel of food every day, which he gave me in secret and with my huge strip dress, I had room to put it in. So that no one sees it. This is how I was able to give my mother a little bit and eat myself. That's what kept us alive a bit.
1: Yes, I remember this story of Hans, the prisoner of war, who every day came to give you a parcel with chocolate and fruit and other provisions. You write that he appeared in his truck every day or by bike to bring me a bundle of hope. His procedure is always the same. He found an auspicious place to hide the package. I would take a walk, and when I felt no one was watching me, I would run to retrieve the package. We wrote each other every day. This daily physical and psychological support saved my life because it gave me strength to survive all that came next. You uh, mentioned in the book his name Hans Johansson. Did you ever hear from him or about him again after the war?
0: No, no. Uh, no,
1: no. I respond... thought it
4: was him who could have found me, because I was deported to Bergen-Belsen, where I almost died, where my mother died. And here, everyone knew that in our camp, everyone was dispatched to Bergen-Belsen. So, if he was alive, I thought he could have found me in Bergen-Belsen, and I myself looked everywhere. I asked everywhere, and unfortunately, I did not find
0: him.
1: You were so thin at the end of the war, at 25 kilos. That extra food, do you credit that help from Hans to your survival?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
4: I am convinced that if I had not had these little parcels every day, I would not have survived Bergen-Belsen. Unfortunately, there were very few people who were able to survive in Bergen-Belsen. It was a death camp. When we were sent in January 1945, this camp was called the Death Camp because everyone died there. There was no more food, no more clean
0: water, no more. No more hope. (sighs) and there was no food,
1: no water, nothing, no hope. well, thank um I'm so so sorry that she didn't manage to reconnect with this man, but grateful that he was there and able to give her that extra food to survive. How did the life in the camps influence your overall life outlook? You write about being fearless and not bothered with ups and downs and how much of that goes back to your your experience in surviving.
0: Lucky to have
1: always found
4: someone who gave me a hand, a little hope. And then myself, by wanting to help others, I helped myself because when I had no more hope after the death of my mother and my two companions told me, after the death of my mother, it was over for me. These two women who asked me that made me do the impossible to get up. Even if I was dragging myself on my knees until the door, even though I couldn't move, I lay down so I could stand up. Opening the door, and with some fresh air, I was able to go out and bring them some food. And I ate myself necessarily. And then luck would have it that the British army would arrive just when I could still be saved. Because I myself was already dying, they arrived at the last moment and saved me.
0: Ils sont arrivés au dernier moment et m'ont sauvé.
1: As in, like a week difference would have been too late.
3: Vous pensez que une semaine de différence, ça a été, ça a été trop tard pour vous à l'époque?
1: Absolument,
4: c'est certain. Absolutely, that's for sure. They had a lot of trouble keeping me alive by putting me immediately on a four-drip. A doctor came to examine me because we saw that the survivors, that is to say that me, my head was moving, my eyes were moving. So they saw that I was still alive. And the doctor immediately put me on a four-drip. They saved me at the last minute.
1: What general advice does she have to current and future generations about recognizing and fighting evil?
0: I continue to give conferences.
4: I continue to talk to young and old, telling them what happened during the war, the awful thing that wars are, and that you absolutely have to think about and fight. For peace and not for war. Only peace. Only peace in the world. Solidarity. Help for those in need. Think about the future world. A world where it will be good to live. A world where there will be no wars. Where there will be no battles. Where we will not kill. Think about love. Think about charity.
0: Think about peace. Penser à l'amour. penser à, à la charité. penser à la paix.
1: Thank you. Yes. The passion in your voice is, is so inspiring. In your professional life, there were a few instances where you seem to have been discriminated against because you're a woman. What was your outlook at the time on these events? J'ai
0: beaucoup
1: de chance. I was very lucky. I have
4: always worked in men's circles. No one ever reminded me that I was a woman. There was only one time when someone who didn't know me allowed himself to do something that I didn't like. But otherwise, everyone recognized my professional knowledge because I always wanted to be up-to-date I always wanted to show that I was doing, to be sure of what I could do and what I couldn't not to do. And then I was very serious about my job. And all the men who worked with me did so with mutual consent. In fact, I worked a lot with mining engineers and it was very, very interesting for them and for me.
0: les ingénieurs engineers, mines, et c'était. Was- Très, très intéressant pour eux et pour moi.
1: Madame Choco, what was your proudest moment as a businesswoman? Ah,
0: c'est une bonne question. Uh, that is a good question.
4: Fière. I'm proud to have found new products, designs for children, different things in melamine, metal, kitchen products like bowls and plates with designs for kids. I found some interesting things that have been used a lot for children and for adults.
1: Oh, that sounds... I'd love to see some photos. What about in chess? What accomplishment are you most proud of there as you won a national championship? You participated in the first Olympiad and did quite well there. What sticks out the most in chess?
0: Of course,
1: to be champion of France.
4: I'm very proud of it. And then to have been delegated with my partner, who was an international player and a very dear friend. We were both selected to represent France. For the world championships in Denmark, and we won Pool B, and we were world champion in Pool B. There. And it was Chantal Chaudet de Silence and
1: me, Isabelle Chocot. Yes, I remember reading about Madame Chaudet. She was like one of the first uh, women to play among the uh, strong men as well. Your 1956 French Women's Championship title, is there a memorable game or moment that sticks out of you of that historic win that none other than Tartico or predicted?
0: I have to say that I did my best to win this title, of course. And
4: then I used to play even with men, which obviously trained me a lot. And on a female level, I think I was one of the strongest players And I applied myself to the end to try to be champion of France. I succeeded, I obviously always thought, to the one who predicted in advance, Tartakover that I would be the champion.
1: Isabel, what is your favorite opening?
0: I must say that I did not
4: learn the openings by heart. I was known as someone who played according to her personal feelings. I never
1: learned the openings by heart. So what is your favorite thing about chess? The middle game, the end games, the tactics, attacking? Oh, not the end of the game.
4: I was obliged to apply myself to learn them, to study them. Me, what I adored... It was the middle of the parts. It was the evolution on the chessboard. It was what we could do. It was what we could imagine. That was the point that I liked the most in chess. And I always thought of another champion, whose name does not come back to me, and who always said that you have to occupy the center of the chessboard. Open the game and imagine the different combinations.
0: This is what I liked. Et d'imaginer différentes combinaisons. Voilà ce que j'aimais.
1: Beautiful. And um, what happened when Tartakover found out that you won the uh, women's championship? Did they communicate after?
3: Isabelle, est you que vous avez pu parler avec Tartakover après que vous ayez gagné le, le titre?
0: Ah, uh, je, je ne plus de I don't notre remember
4: rencontre. our meeting afterwards. I tried to go find him, but I'm not sure I found him. My memory fails me, but I always thought of him.
0: Mais j'ai toujours pensé à lui.
1: I'd love to hear more about your friendship with Madame Chantal Chaudet, as she was such an inspiring figure in women's chess as well—the first woman to play the French Championship with both genders—and also a member of the French Resistance. So, even before you became friends with her, you were connected in this in this way. Mais. Écoutez,
4: une she femme was a pretty exceptional déception. woman. She lived with her husband on a boat, and I often went to see her on the boat. It's the first time that I have met people who lived on a boat, and that interested me a lot. I wanted to know how life was spent on this boat, where there was always the game of chess in the middle, of
3: course. Le jeu
0: d'échec au milieu, bien entendu.
3: Madame Chaudet a, a participé à la résistance. Est-ce uh, is- correct? We
0: haven't,
3: we haven't
4: talked much bien. about the war issue. I admit that for years
0: I couldn't talk about it. Je n'ai pas pu en parler.
1: And you were mostly friends with Madame Chaudet during your active chess years, where you both played in the 1957 Olympiad together. And in fact, you were. Invited to go on a chess tour all over the world. Tell us a little bit about what went into your decision there.
0: I had a proposal to go around the world,
4: obviously at the expense of a company that was advertising around it. But I did not hesitate for a single moment. When I refused, I had three children who, by the way, were starting to play chess. And there was no way I would abandon my husband and three children to failures, even if I was very attached to them.
1: Yeah, three kids. Wow. That's amazing. Congratulations, of course. And, uh, well, you did end up coming back to chess in 2012 after 50 years of not playing. Did you enjoy it? And in what ways did you find chess changing over 50 years?
0: Uh, It's true
4: that I don't often Ah. think about this return to chess because it was a small return and I didn't stay very long, but I still saw the chess sports, the people with whom I played, and then I saw that I haven't forgotten how to play chess, but that I was no longer in the form of the chess champion, of course. I would have had to play for a while before finding my form, Unfortunately, I did not have time to do it, but I played a bit of intercircle chess they told me that it was absolutely necessary to have a woman in the team so that they could play so that's what I accepted I was very happy at the time to be of service and to play a little chess
0: And um, how
1: much have you followed chess since you stopped playing or in recent years? And what's impressed you the most?
4: I have to say that, unfortunately, when I took care of something, I took care of it thoroughly. And I didn't have much time to play chess because, or I went back completely completely and it wasn't possible, or I just heard the results, of course, and I listened to what was going on in the chess world, but that's it. And lately, um, my son put me on the movie of the kid who plays chess, which everyone watches. <laughs> that kid who wins games against everyone. I don't know if you know
1: it. I don't know if you know it. <laughs> ah, did you enjoy the Queen's Gambit series? oui. Uh, yes. Oui? Yes, yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was amazing.
0: Uh, and what did you think of the parts in Paris? Il y avait à Paris? Qu'est-ce uh, qu'il y avait à Paris?
3: Certaines scènes de la série se passent à Paris.
0: Ah oui, oui, bon,
4: It was a bit the same as elsewhere. I didn't find a particular difference in Paris. It's odd. I might have watched too many things at once, but... Anyway, what amused me was that she saw two shots in advance. That's what we were doing always. That's what we always said. That to play the chess championship, you have to see two moves ahead. You have to imagine what happens on the game board, of course. Plateau,
1: bien sûr. And what was your favorite part of the whole series?
0: Oh, non, pas spécialement. Oh,
1: no. Not especially.
4: I don't see. There were times that I liked when she was just looking for the move to play, the possible variations, but nothing else very special, you know. I watched that as a dilettante in several times when I had a moment, and I wanted to have a little fun.
0: And you said one of her sons
1: told her to watch it, right? Or, do her sons still enjoy chess?
3: fils fils
0: That I understand: <laughs> oui,
1: Everyone plays
0: chess at home. My
4: sons played well. Moreover, my eldest son was invited one day by students to play with them. And the students, when I thanked them because he had won, I thanked them, they said to me. But how? He really won. We didn't give him a gift. He was 11 years old, and he played with students. That's the eldest son. The second also plays. The third also. The grandchildren. Several play chess. Everyone knows the game of chess.
0: Well, this is a great
1: segue, since The Queen's Gambit was based on a novel by Walter Tevis into your own inspiring and invocative writing. When did you decide that you were going to write your story for the
0: world? I started
1: talking about my
4: story 40 years later, and in order not to suffer too much, I imagined that I was talking about a little girl who was not me. It's easier because, obviously, I was no longer very young, and I spoke about a little girl, and it was a little easier that's what I could imagine not to suffer too much.
0: Uh,
1: and that ties into my next question. Tell us a little bit about your writing method or your process. And what are some of your favorite writers? I have no particular method
4: except that I think when I write my books, I thought first, of course, that the girl with blue eyes was my rescue in Bergen-Belsen. And then I'm going to write a book about our school, which was so exceptional. I don't have a particular method. I go on the inspiration of the moment. Moreover, after the failures, I became interested in art, paintings, sculptures, from the moment when, with my husband, we traveled to Haiti, the land of painters and lights. Then, of course, I have a library with a lot of books. I don't have enough time to do everything I want to do.
0: Pour faire tout ce que j'ai envie de faire. And did, did you mention
3: any of her favorites? Uh, non. Vous avez un, un, est-ce que vous voulez nous, nous dire un de vos livres favoris, Madame Choco? Un quoi favori? Un livre. Oui, un livre
0: In the old favori.
3: ones,
4: there are a lot of them. I'm just going to tell an anecdote. I perfected my French by reading the books and especially the books of Guy de Maupassant because it's an easy French for a foreigner and because it's very colorful and very interesting. I still have the collection of these vintage
1: books. La collection de livres, And you're also an artist. Can you tell us a little bit about your favorite works and your favorite artists?
0: dans, mon travail dans la peinture, I try to paint
4: myself for fun. I know that uh, to be a painter, it takes a life. So I never had either this possibility of this requirement. I paint on silk and it has fun. But the painters that I have very much admired, I have several. I have a lot of paintings at home on the walls. And obviously, I really like some old painters. Delattre, there is especially the Asian painter that I know since every year, we went with my husband to Haiti. Even after vacations that we took elsewhere, we always ended up in eighty. An Asian painting came straight to my heart, because that's life. It's the work. It's the dream. Everything is there. All the mind. All you find everything in Asian painting.
0: C'est la vie. C'est le travail. C'est le rêve. Tout y est. L'esprit. Tout. Beautiful. I mean, one of my
1: favorite parts of your book was your vivid imagery when you talk about the Lowe's ghetto and how people would barter their valuables and their jewels for basic necessities like food. You write, there were women who bartered their diamonds for bread. Depending on its size, a diamond was worth three, five, 10 loaves of bread. Today, whenever I see a diamond, I envision superimposed above it, A large farm ball dusted with white flour. A diamond, beautiful as it may be, will never be worth more than a loaf of bread in my eyes. How does this influence your approach to food and hunger today?
0: I got married to a
4: man who really appreciated food in France, so I did like him. And I really like French cuisine. I find it excellent. And compared to food in general... I'm always interested in people who are hungry. I never pass next to someone who asks for food, never without giving them food. I never miss a request from someone who hungry. That will stay with me all my life, yes. of course.
0: Wow,
1: that's wonderful. And what about Jewish traditions? Are you secular, or do you observe some traditions and holidays?
0: I'm not I am not a religious.
4: Unfortunately, as I explained to you, religion has not brought the human being enough peace for me to believe in it. Too many completely innocent deaths, too many, too many in the world, too many disasters. Like I told you, I believe in my parents, as I often think about them and everything they taught me, and everything I can do for all the beings around me. I went to the synagogue several times. I was asked to testify. I go, of course. I went to church in Sweden, where I was. I also went to the temple. I wanted to know how things were, to see people who are believers and what it brings to them. I understand. But the last once I prayed, it was in Bergen-Belsen,
1: but my mother passed away.
0: är bergen Uh,
1: That is a a really inspiring um, religion, uh, the love for for family, and uh, especially being able to keep that with her for so many years. Um, So there there are not many, many Holocaust survivors left who can tell their story. What's the most important lesson that we must remember and continue to tell future generations?
4: To the horror that war brings... To the horror of not respecting human beings, to the horror that happens in the world if we are not careful, if we do not fight, not for peace, for respect, for human beings, and especially for children, for solidarity, for all that is good in the world, just true love, laughter, solidarity, friendship. There are so many beautiful things. Let's throw the others in the garbage.
0: La solidarité, l'amitié. Il y a tellement de belles choses. Jetons les autres aux ordures.
1: If you like what we're doing at U.S. Chess to encourage women and girls to explore STEM fields, accentuate competence, and approach an even ratio with a focus on intersectionality, your donation to our U.S. Chess women programs is always appreciated and tax deductible. The U.S. Chess Suite of Podcasts including Ladies Night, are produced and edited by Jason Andre at Seven Season Films, Photography and Media. Please visit sevenseasonfilms.com to find out how to start your own podcast. Don't forget to listen and subscribe to all U.S. Chess Podcasts from One Move at a Time, Cover Stories, and The Chess Underground. Till next time, may every night be Ladies Night.
0: Now according to Sockfish it all wrong After slightly advantage
3: I had nothing
0: but my dear cup of Blanco You tell me